And now, Ravage Love. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Julie, it's Nani Noel number five. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy 2021, Renee! Oof. Goodbye, 2020. Right? Can you believe? Oh, we made it. It was like March for 18 months, and then you blink, and it was Christmas. So it's probably the most surreal year of my life. I'm sure it's the most surreal year of many people's lives. But uh, good riddance, 2020. Throw you in the bin. Yeah, it was the longest and the shortest year simultaneously, somehow. It really was. And I have to say, it was very weird for me on a personal level because I started the year off really strong. I published my memoir. Um, I had, you know, two days of my book tour. I had signed this big contract for my dream job. And then within a day, I lost all of it. Uh, So it was weird because it was truly the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows this year. So I'm pumped. New Year's Eve is my favorite day of the year. So I am amped to bring on a new year and a vaccine and getting back out there. Pumped. Yeah. Do you know anybody who's gotten the vaccine? I do. And uh, they're thriving. Do you you know someone who got the vaccine? Oh, man, I'm jellies. The only person I know who got the the vaccine is a doctor. Um, but she said it was like extremely painless and like very emotional for her to get. And I totally get that. Yeah. My friend, um, works in the hospital here, the Royal Alec and they, um, they do social work. And so they were just like with everybody, you know, whether they had COVID or whether they were there for any other reason, they were there for everybody. And so, um, they got put forward as a recommendation to get the shot and they did. And, uh, they were fine. It's so cool. I just think it's so exciting that this is happening. And, you know, one of the big things that happened for us this year is that we started this here podcast. We had this idea for like two years, maybe yeah. more. And then COVID prevented presented this opportunity for us because we both had, uh, you know, all of our hobbies were kind of taken away from us. <laughs> we're like, we got nothing but time. So we were able to sort through the tech and all of that stuff. And so I'm, I'm not, I still wish COVID had never happened, but I'm not sad that it presented an opportunity for us to do this because it has been so fun. And I have been so taken aback by the level of support and the amount of fans that we have. Like what? Yeah. Not only that, like, you know, your cousin, you know, did our logo mm-hmm. so generously. And then we have our boy, Josh from Press Start to Join, who does all of our editing every week. And it's just like so lovely to help us with that, you know, especially considering he has his own show. Like, I think we could have done it without them, but I wouldn't want to do that without them. (laughs) So, so lovely, so lovely and so helpful. And yeah, everybody, I loved seeing everybody's, you know, Spotify roundups and we were on it. And it's just so moving, like everybody who we know personally and everybody who we don't know personally, who are listening, people all over the world and like, who would have thought, Julie, that people would be this interested <laughs> in us reading romance novels? And who would have thought that two, three years ago when we stood inside a value village looking at a shelf of Harlequin romances, that that little idea we germinated would land us to, you know, yeah, like you said, being on people's Spotify list for most listened to podcast of the year. Like, what? So this is our final episode of season two, but not our final episode ever. 
we no. are taking the month of January off uh, and getting, you know, taking a bit of a break. But also I got some new tech for Christmas. Woo! Woo! So we're going to spend some time in January kind of doing some back behind the scenes stuff. And we're coming back for season three strong um, and keen in February of 2021. That's right. And we also have a special guest coming in March, which I won't spoil it, but I'm so excited and I can not wait. Actually, my brother, I spoke to him on Christmas and remember we had this idea where my brother could come on the show and, and do a reenactment with me. And um, he's like, is that still happening? So he's keen, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun next year. We, you know, we're planning different themes for different months and you know, we'll have a special guest, maybe more than one. We're going to keep playing bingo. I'm sure we had our, our Christmas winners just contact us recently. And it's been so much fun. It's been so much fun. And we are also going to have some swag next year. So keep your eyes yes. for that. But it's also been a really interesting journey to look at the types of books that we've read this mm -hmm. year and now starting off as total newbies and now seeing that we get some of the acronyms and also that we're learning along with the listeners because a lot of our listeners do not listen to romance and this we are their introduction to romance and so the fact that people now recognize like hea means happily ever after and how you know what content warnings look like in the romance world and it's just been really interesting to learn and to have tons of lulls and well, I have to say my book for this week was terrible and I, <laughs> and I think it's such an indictment of 2020 that <laughs> I'm like, of course, the last book I'm going to read this year is garbage that I hated, that was problematic, that was blah, 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 blah. Um, so I just think it's, it's typically I'd be like, oh, it sucks to cap off a year with like not a great book. Um, but this year I'm just like, could it have been anything else? No, I don't think it could have. <laughs> but I did read two books in the course of our two seasons that I would have read that I enjoyed so much that I could totally see myself reading them like for fun. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool because again, I never would have even heard of these authors had we not done the podcast. Um, yeah. So shout out to our Christmas Day episode when I read the, you know, An American Christmas, which was like a queer immigrant love story that was so delightful. Um, you know, the Celeste, the Ladies Guide to Celestia. Yes. Like, oh, oh, that book earlier this year was fantastic. Basically, what I've discovered about myself and reflecting on all of our episodes of 2020 is I have good luck with queer stories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I believe it. What would you say, um, looking back, would be your, your maybe favorite genre that you've read? I love historical fiction generally. And so I definitely yeah. think that the historical fiction romance that we've read has has been my favorite. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Well, you know, we started off with, you know, <clears throat> our tagline's been, you know, we review and reenact, re you know, forgotten romance novels. But We've kind of moved away from that, you know, and I'm glad we have because there's just so many weird and freaky stories that are fun and, and, you know, just a good time. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't think I would have known that otherwise. So I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite genre. I really like the reverse harem. That was fun. Mm -hmm. And I love I, yeah, I loved that idea. And I love anything where 
Like, give me anything paranormal. Give me a cryptid. Give me a shifter. Give me a werewolf. Give me witches. Like, I'm super into that. Um, yeah. As, as long as the as long as it's empowering and it's consensual, I'm a happy camper. Really. Yeah, and you have, as we've gone on, discovered a real knack for finding the weirdest witches. <laughs> and we've uh, again, we've discovered that if you go on the Kindle store more than Kobo, you will find some truly wackadoodle delights. And I'm really looking forward to next season when we bring you more wackadoodle delights um, because people deserve joy. So let's launch into this the last two books we read for 2020. You into it? I'm ready. Let me hear about this bomb you read. And I'm so bummed because everything. So what I usually do, my process is I pick a book and I don't usually try to read. I don't pick on the like click the review pages or if I'm picking up a physical copy, I don't really go through it. I just I'm like, does the cover speak to me? Does the title? Does the back? And then I Google the authors. And the author on paper is, I was in love with this woman. So I read Once Upon a New Year's Eve, and it's a meet-cute romance. And a meet-cute is when two characters in a rom-com or a romance meet for the first time, and there's kind of that spark. Mm -hmm. So I read Once Upon a New Year's Eve by Kate Nolan, which was published in 2014. And I went to Kate Nolan's website, and her tagline is Spicy Southern Comfort. Uh love it and her bio is she's a mississippi author who calls everyone sugar honey or darlin and can wield mm -hmm. a bless your heart like a snuggie or a saber depending on context i love it every woman i've ever met from the south will say that like bless your heart is an insult or uh condescending depending on how you look at it so i was like i'm into it and there seemed to be a real emphasis on like strong sassy characters <sighs> there were <laughs> But she has not challenged toxic men. So let me paint you a picture. It was very short. It was like 60 pages or something. So it was kind of a novella kind of a situation. So Gemma Forrester is on a date wearing her fancy Jimmy Choo's pumps and her cute little outfit and has to bail because she gets a call from the bartender at a local honky tonk who calls her to say that her brother is being drunk and messy and I'm just going through his phone and calling people saying, can someone come pick up this dude? So she ends up cabbing there and she finds her brother wailing, I've got friends in low places <laughs> on the karaoke stage. So she pictured her brother like beating people up or yelling at people, but instead he's like crying slash scream singing Garth Brooks. <laughs> And she figures out that it's because his girlfriend broke up with him and he's sad. So he just drank too much and was just like, you know, singing, singing away. So she goes out and she's dragging him off the stage. And all of a sudden she turns and her brother's childhood, longtime BFF, Aaron, is walking towards her, kind of pushing through the crowd, walking towards her. And it turns out it's because he was the next person in his contact list that the bar called. So he basically was just calling whoever he could see to say, like, get this guy out of here. And Aaron, so her brother's childhood BFF, and Gemma haven't seen each other since high school. And she's instantly floored and kind of speechless, really not expecting to run into him. And she's all flustered in large part because she feels 15 again when she had a crush on her big brother's BFF. 
So at this point, we don't know how old the age difference is. We don't know how old Gamma is, but we just know that she's all of a sudden kind of transported being back 15 and like speechless in front of this hunky dude. So then she's like, ugh, flustered and kind of doesn't know what to say seeing him there. And then another patron, this redneck guy wearing like plaid and cowboy boots is like, hey, sweetheart, let me help you carry him out. And she's like, okay, great, great, great. Like, help me, because he's he's basically dead weight at this point, because her brother's kind of slowly passing out. So they both grab him around the arms and head out to the bar. And she is kind of waving Aaron off. Like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Me and this guy are going to bring him to the car. Like, she's like, this is so awkward and so uncomfortable. I can't deal with you right now. So the guy helps her carry her brother to his truck. Um, and they kind of push him into the back seat. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And then the guy, like, puts his arms like kind of pins her to the truck and he was like hey so you know now that it's just you and I like it's good you know where are you going and just as she's getting ready to drive her stiletto into his foot which is actually an effective self-defense tactic that I highly recommend that femmes understand your stiletto (laughs) can be a weapon and she's like I'm gonna drive this thousand dollar Jimmy Choo into this dude's foot all of a sudden Aaron pulls him off the guy and saves her and tells him like fuck off go back inside leave her alone blah 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 so he's like look there's no way like, what were you thinking, letting this guy carry your to the truck? And she's like, oh, I was thinking yeah. that he was helping me. Oh, yeah, it gets worse. Then he's like, well, look, your brother's dead weight at this point. He's completely passed out. There's no way you can drag him into the house alone. So let me just follow you back to his place and I'll help you. And she's like, okay, you're right. I, I do need some help. So they follow back to her brother's house. They put him into bed, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you know what? Thank you so much. And then he's like, what the fuck were you thinking? And starts berating her and saying, you know, when I knew you, you were sassy and like confident and intimidating to people because you were a young woman who like stood your ground and you were super smart and you were smarter than everyone. And you let this guy walk you to a parking lot. What did you think was going to happen? Like just fucking victim blaming the shit out of her. Meanwhile, what we know statistically is Aaron is the bigger threat to her. <laughs> yeah. Because men we know, the man who's walking you home is the person most likely to actually assault you. And she starts like apologizing to him, being uh. like, yeah, you're right. I was stupid. I should have just taken your help, you know, but we're here now. And he's like, then he shifts to, you seem really nervous. What's up? But in again, like not in a concern tone, but in a like... It's just so bad. And she, like, capitulates and kind of goes back to being this, like, shy, like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, person. Then he berates her for that because he was like, that's not who you are. You're someone who stands up for yourself. And so I'm like, what is this fucking psychological torture this dude is doing to her? I do not know. And then after all that, he's like, you know what? It's New Year's Eve. And you're dressed up all nice and the night is still young. So why don't we just go out and get a drink and some dinner and talk about it? And, you know, why are things awkward between us and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay. So they do. They go to a restaurant. They order dinner. They have drinks. (sighs) And they decide to talk it out. Well, it turns out the last time she saw him, she had was at their cottage when they were young teenagers. And she was playing Twister and then it was just the two of them and there's no one around so she went to kiss him and he refuted the kiss and she felt rejected and stupid and they never saw each other since and he was like uh 
It's not that I didn't like you. I really liked you. In fact, I liked you too much. And that's why I ran away from playing Twister with you. And she's like, what do you mean? And he basically is like insinuating, like, because you kissed me and I got hard. And the reason why it's a problem is because I was 20 and you were 15. And I knew that if I fucked you, your brother would be mad. Not that I was breaking the law. Not (laughs) that it was like... Any of those things, just your brother would have kicked my ass for kissing or like for fucking his baby sister. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And again, this woman, the emphasis is that this woman is super smart. She's super whatever, but she somehow hasn't figured out that, you know, you were 15 and he was 20 and that was the issue and not that you were like some ugly troll that he didn't want. It's so bad. Then they just hit it off somehow and realize like, well, we're all adults now. And so they eat and drink and are merry and then there's this music starts playing so they dance and then they're dancing on the dance floor at midnight and they kiss at midnight because that's what new year's eve is and then they decide to go bar hopping and they're just making out on every sweaty dance floor and then finally he's like how about we go home now and we spend the rest of the year together because isn't that what new year's eve is about who you spend new year's eve with is who you spend the rest of your life with and she was like yes let's go back to your place and scene what Mm-hmm. so no genital descriptions because there was no fucking now to the author's credit i knew there was going to be no fucking because it was one of the books that those of you who are familiar with the shawl will know there was kind of an author's note at the beginning that was sort of a content thing to say to explain what a mute cute was which was like the whole point of the story is just them meeting so don't expect me to give you the 20 years of them being together so fair and there is no premarital sex in this story well I rightfully assume that you don't meet and marry someone in the same day. So I assume there wouldn't be any fucking, but it's not just that there wasn't any, I can handle books without fucking in terms of, I could still put something on the spice factor of, you know, on the spice scale of one to five, if there's sexual tension, because that's hot, right? The buildup in romance is oftentimes like the hottest part. There was none of that. It was just like, he was constantly like nagging her and making her feel insecure and then pulling that like one direction thing about like she don't know she beautiful like that kind of bullshit like <laughs> but then mad at her that she wouldn't stand up for herself because that's what he found attractive like it was just mind games that this motherfucker played with this woman in the course of one evening i'm like this does not bode well for the rest of their lives so not hot to me no genitals well written and that was the disappointing part is I feel like this woman has like the, the skills to pull off a really awesome story and there was none. Aww. And the other plus that I will give the author that I appreciated is that part of her author's note was to say that there's going to be spelling that you will think is incorrect, but it's actually the dialect that my people speak in the South. And I okay. respected that because as someone who speaks and you know, right. When you speak working class French in Canada, it's called joie. And there's a lot of snobby French people <clears throat> from Quebec who act as though you don't know how to spell properly or you don't know how to say words properly, but that's how we actually pronounce them. So I really appreciated that she put that in there of like, it's a dialect. It's not a misspelled word. And I'm like, yes, we need more of that. Like people need yeah. to know dialects are legit, but oh, do not <laughs> recommend Once Upon a New Year's Eve by Kate Nolan. That is me. Tell me, Renee, what did you read? Well, uh, what did I read? I read uh, Taken by 2020 by Regina Rush. (laughs) (laughs) And 
Um, one of the things I've learned this year is that it's okay to judge a book by its cover. For me, I judge a book by its title. And um, I'll, I'll read like a, the description just to, you know, kind of get an idea of what I'm working with. Am I working with a monster or is it like a hypothetical monster? Am I like in this case, is it actually the year 2020 or is it just, you know, uh, you know, did the year just fuck her? Well, in this case, it was both. So, um, my story was like, I think 26 pages. It wasn't very long. Um, and I did like though, that the author opened the story by saying, you know, this is dedicated to all the sexy survivors of 2020. And I was like, yeah, we're all survivors. I like that. And we're all sexy. We're all sexy. We're all sexy. Um, so my book was very, very short. Not a lot happened. It's, um, a story about Heather. And Heather um, is living with her roommate, Sean, and Sean's a doctor. Heather is currently unemployed. Um, it's during the COVID pandemic and um, she's super hot for her roommate, um, but because he is so diligent about keeping people safe, he always wears a mask when he's you know not in his room and he works really hard at the hospital. Um, he didn't wanna have, you know, he didn't wanna move in and have a roommate situation, except, you know, he's working to support his family members who have all lost their jobs because of COVID, which I thought was great. Um, so Heather is really just done with this year and she really wants to fuck Sean, but you know, she doesn't wanna get in the way of his desire to be safe. Um, and she, is lonely new year's eve is a day away um and so sean <clears throat> leaves for work and she's just like oh man so she goes to have a shower and she's lamenting about the situation you know covid's done and how this year has been awful and you know she she starts to curse at the year 2020 and she says you know <clears throat> if you wanted to fuck me you might as well get over here and do it you piece of shit year 2020 rah, like fist to the sky and then she hears some footsteps in the house and she's like, oh, that's really strange. So she gets out of the shower in her towel and she thinks maybe Sean's home, but that would be weird. And so she doesn't see anything, but she decides to go get her phone from her room in case there is like an intruder or something. And she walks into her room and there's a man lying on her bed. Except it's not really a man. It's more of like a creature. Um, kind of in the shape of a man, but its skin is like this bluish black and it has kind of like lightning kind of flickering throughout its skin. Um, it has eyes and a huge dick and is a giant, like a gigantic being, but those are the only details I have. So um, she shows up and she's like, oh, what are you, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? And this thing is like, well, you summoned me. And she's like, I don't, and what are you talking about? And he's like, well, just now in the shower, you summoned me. I'm 2020. <laughs> and she's like, you're 20, you're 2020. And she's, he's like, yeah, I'm the year 2020. I am the phys, you, you've, I've become a physical manifestation um, of the year 2020. You've summoned me. Um, and I'm here because you said you wanted me to fuck you. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that is what I said. Yeah. And he's like, well, do I have my per your permission to do that? And she's like, yeah, let's fucking do it, bud. So they bang it out and it's great. He's humongous. He's this giant monster man. Um, 2020. And she comes really hard and she's just like, that was the best time ever. And then she wakes up. It's New Year's Eve day. She gets up. 
throws on like a giant t-shirt, heads into the kitchen. Sean is just leaving for the day. And um, he's like, hey, so um, I actually got the vaccine the other day. And I didn't want to tell you because I was worried like it wouldn't it wouldn't stick. But um, I'm going to find out today if if it worked. Um, I'll get my test results today. And, um, you know, I just wanted you to know. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. Like, you know, when you find out your results, maybe we can celebrate tonight with like champagne and stuff. And because she's just wearing like this big T-shirt with like her pussy hanging out. He's just like, OK, yum, yum, yum. And uh, she's like, oh, I think we might actually like get it in now. She's like, this is great. Um, so she spends the day um, kind of getting gussied up and, you know, she's going to order some champagne from like skip the dishes or something. And uh, she's, um, you know, just really excited. And, you know, she's done all this work and she realizes it's only three o'clock in the afternoon. And she's like, well, shit, I still have like nine hours to go before he comes home. Um, so she goes to just like lay down in her room. But 2020 is back. And she feels guilty at this point because she really wants to get it in with Sean. But, you know, she she fucked the year 2020 and she's like, oh, I don't feel good about that. So 2020 says, you know, I will no longer exist after tonight. I I won't exist anymore. And he's like, I really would like I would like to have sex with you again. And she's like, you know what? No, no. Like, you've been awful. This year has been awful. Yeah, this, you know, getting fucked by you physically was great but getting fucked by you emotionally economically and everything you've done for the planet has been terrible and no i'm not gonna fuck you and he says well you know didn't your roommate just get the vaccine and she's like yeah he's like well i'm still i'm still 2020 it's still 2020 and i can decide if that's gonna work for him or not and i'll decide you know if he's gonna live or die uh, because of it and she's like no and he's like well if you fuck me like I will make sure that he lives and she's like shit she's like okay I mean part of her really wanted to do it but then she gets blackmailed into doing it which is like no bueno but they um she fucks 2020 again and um you know she she enjoys it it's good like he's a good lay 2020 is a good lay (laughs) um and so you know all of a sudden he disappears because it's become 2021 and then she hears the keys in the door and it's Sean. Sean's back and she runs over and she's like, so like, how's it going? Like what happened? And he's like, you know, it worked, you know, the, the vaccine worked. I'm, I'm good. And she's like, that's so exciting. And, you know, so she brings in her champagne that was left on the doorstop. And um, she's like, well, let's go up to the roof together and we'll drink this champagne and we'll toast. And he's like, great. So they go up and um, like at this point, it's like, they're going to bang, like they're ready for it. And so he goes to kiss her and then he's like, basically like you smell like sex and she's like yeah i just got fucked by 2020 and he's like okay cool um and then they bang and uh it was a happy new year after all so that's taken by 2020 um by regina rush it was all right yeah it was like what were your feelings about it was it hot what's was where was it on the spice factor like what what's going on you know, it was really short. There wasn't a lot in it. I really appreciated um, the title. Um, it was it was the, the first consensual sex scene was pretty spicy. I would give it five out of five murder hornet stings. Um, but I feel like, you know, Regina Rush this is the only book she's written that I could find under the pseudonym or her real name. I'm not sure. Um, she was the one that claimed the title taken by 2020. And I feel like she wasted this opportunity. There were some really good 
things with it. I was like, lightning man, cool. You know, giant hands for finger banging, cool. Um, you know, COVID stuff. Like, I thought it was great. Um, but I would have liked to have seen a longer story with more funny moments, maybe like more drawn out, funny sex scenes, which I live for. Um, yeah, you know, it was kind of lackluster in terms of the story, but um, it was all right. It was okay. I feel like Chuck Tingle will do something about the year 2020 being sentient and um, it'll blow this out of the water, but it was all right. It was all right. It was covered under the Kindle Unlimited program, so I didn't pay for it. Um, eh, you know, I, I don't think I'd recommend it the way I would recommend some of the other great books I've read, like The Human Santipede, but... Um, it was all right. If you want a quick little like, haha, read it. It was all right. It wasn't was, yeah, it was all right. Which I think is again super indicative of 2020 that we're mm -hmm. like, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to end, even a book where someone gets fucked by 2020 was eh. Which yeah. I don't think there's any better indictment of this year than than what you just told us. So I feel like so much happened that. Like, why was 2020 a lightning man? Why wasn't he a forest fighter man? Why wasn't he, like, a crematorium next to a dildo store man? Like, why wasn't he a million other things? Like, why wasn't he a murder hornet? Like, why wasn't he a koala on fire? Why wasn't he a million other things? And, you know, what, like, a I don't remember A Tiger King character. A Tiger King, exactly. Like, anything, lightning doesn't relate to 2020 at all. <laughs> you know? You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and, like, he was a good lay with a huge dick, but I wouldn't credit 2020 with being any of those things. So, you know, I feel like 2020 would be an awful lay. Oh, it'd be terrible. Very disappointing. Um, and would like give you a disease or something. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But anyway, it was all right. Was well, all right. I mean, the title was worth an applause. We'll give it that. Yeah, and I think you and I were talking the other day, it was really difficult to find a New Year's Eve story. And it was especially difficult for me because I didn't want to just read like guy meets girl and they hook up and you know, whatever. But even those, like you said, I was shocked. Like when you consider the themes that we've delved into over the course of our two seasons, if you had told me, you know, one that would be super easy, there would be a plethora, like one, we correctly assumed that there would be thousands of christmas ones to choose from which was true yeah. there were thousands yeah. but i absolutely thought that you know new year's eve like valentine's day like those seemed to me like the kind of clutch ones that you would find a lot of and it was pretty sparse so if you're listening to this and you're a romance or erotica writer like churn out some new year's eve content because it's shocking how little there is when to me there's so much room for interpretation with that yeah, what I really wanted was a New Year's Eve story about a woman having to fuck father time so that at midnight he turned back into a baby, like the New Year's baby, and then the new year could start. And like that person was like, it would have been great if it was like a 2020 theme, like this this person was really saving us from 2020 by doing this service. Um, that's what I was looking for. I had to get really creative with what I was searching for, though, because like New Year's Eve erotica didn't yield a lot. Um, I, I looked for ball drop erotica. That gave me quite a few New Year's stories. I don't usually look up romance in my titles anymore because I want to read something freaky. And if you 
if you put romance in the title over erotica, you're not going to get those freaky reads. You're going to get like your meat cutes. So you're going to yeah. get, you know, those, you know, hetero- heteronormative <laughs> like stories. Um, but you throw erotica in that and it's going to get messy. And that's what I'm here for. So. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, I love the, yeah, the messiness that you find and the balance that we try to strike with my, <laughs> my wholesome stuff and your freaky deaky business. But uh, I think this is a perfect ending for 2020. And today, if you're listening to this, it is the first day of 2021. And so I hope that you are snuggled up somewhere warm. If you're an essential worker, I hope you're given all the PPE that you need and that all of your customers wear a mask and are not dicks to you. <coughs> and um yeah yeah that's my hope for you if you're listening to this and that 2021 has to be better than 2020 it absolutely has to but uh we will be back in february of 2021 with all new episodes every single week um and we cannot wait to hang with you again can't wait cannot wait it's gonna be delightful and for those of you who got a bingo on your um christmas ones um sit tight um we will send you stuff but now we're gonna end with some reenactments yeah and be ready but also be ready to be angry renee because Uh mine i'm gonna read you the part where it was like particularly disturbing to me because there was nothing funny in my book there was nothing hot in my book and so just to give you a sense of how this woman is an incredible author like a great writer and just squandered an opportunity to unpack. I don't know. She's just promoting garbage behavior. Oh, it makes me angry. So, <laughs> so this is the scene in my book. If you remember, this is a woman who meets up with her brother's BFF at a honky tonk bar after they haven't seen each other in 10 years. And she has now put her brother to bed. They're both hanging out in the brother's house. They're deciding they're kind of like, this is awkward. What do we do? Should we break the silence? Should we, you know, shoot the elephant in the room so this is them discussing it so she's basically asking him okay here we go so she's made up she tried to kiss him and he ran away Mm -hmm. and uh, this is when they were 15 and she's saying like what did you have a girlfriend you'd neglected to mention she scoffed no do you have any idea how hard i had to work to remember who you were now she did look at him brow furrowed who i was your family invited me out to your cabin you were rick's little sister i was not supposed to notice you beyond that but you were smart and funny and had these legs that should have been illegal he wanted he wanted he'd wanted that direct gaze again and he had it you noticed my legs hard not to i've got eyes in my head don't i they're not they're just legs you stand on them Trust me when I tell you they're not just legs, which is neither here nor there because I shouldn't have noticed them, shouldn't have thought about them or about you. Why? Because no matter how mature you were, you were 15. I was 20. Way too old for you. If Rick had known what went through my head when I looked at you, he'd have been duty-bound to kick my ass, and I'd have been absolutely right to do it. Gemma stared at him, and as if she couldn't quite process what he'd said, You actually liked me? Like... Such a pale, innocent sort of word. It felt less damning than the alternatives. Yes, I liked you. Then why? That game of Twister got us in close quarters, exactly as you intended. He'd ended up pinned beneath her. You started to kiss me, and I had a very human response. Running away was a human response. 
Gemma, he said, exasperated. You're a smart woman. I find you incredibly attractive. My very human response to that was why I essentially ran away. And if she didn't stop looking at him like that, he was going to have another. Shifting in his chair, Aaron took a swig of his beard to wet his dry mouth. He saw the moment she caught on. Her eyes widened and her mouth dropped open. Oh. A faint flush of color bloomed across her cheeks. It was completely and totally inappropriate, and I was embarrassed, so I jumped ship. It was never about you doing anything wrong. Well, she said after a pause, that's illuminating. God, he actually felt the embarrassment crawling up his neck and twitched his shoulders as if he could shrug it off. When I found out you were gone, I thought you left because you were freaked out or thought I was trying something. I didn't want you to think I was taking advantage. The look she shot him was full of more insult. I was 15, not a child, perfectly capable of saying no, or yes for that matter. I couldn't afford to even think about you saying yes. <sighs> oh god. You were jailbait. <sighs> Smart, funny, attractive jailbait. You can let that insult you all you want, but it doesn't change the facts. Gemma studied him over the rim of her glass. Probably good you didn't say that back then. Everybody treated me as an adult from so early on. That would have just pissed me off to no end. I wanted to be taken seriously. Acting adult and being adult are two different things. And believe me, I took that damn seriously. After a long silence, she nodded. Fair enough. Aaron considered them even on the mortification scale for the night. He lifted his beer. To our mutual embarrassment, may we now be able to get past it. I'll drink to that. Gemma touched her glass to his. Yikes! Yeah. A man says the word jailbait, you throw your drink in his fucking face, and you run away. Run, girl. Do not walk away from a dude who uses that term. Because by definition, you're victim blaming. You're saying this woman is baiting you to send you into jail. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a gross fucking term. Oh. Yeah. I can tell you as, like, an emotionally damaged teenager who did fuck older men who, like, actively called me jailbait, I wore that as a badge of honor. Now as a mother of three, um, I think that's real awful. Um, and, yeah, my I daughters, your, your beautiful godchildren will 100% just kill a man if they ever use that with them. So Totally. And I'm with you. Like, I was 5'10 in the eighth grade. Like, I look back at pictures of myself when I was young, and I, it's clear to me that I was so young, but yeah. never did men treat me that way. And I remember it was the ultimate compliment to be like, oh my god, you look 18, and I'd be like, me? Like, young women need power in this world, and being associated with men gives us power, and we're just, like, led to believe that it's a compliment, when in fact it's so fucking predatorial. Yeah gross and that's why i was like fuck woman why would you make this especially because you pride yourself on writing stories about like strong sassy women well strong sassy woman shouldn't tolerate a dude calling her jailbait like gross disgusting <sighs> anyways finish us off renee give us an excerpt of your hot mess <clears throat> all right here we go Sean was a doctor in the COVID unit at the nearby hospital. Since he had such a high risk of exposure, he took maximum precautions around others, including wearing a mask any time he was out of his room at home. Because he was putting Heather at risk, Sean paid slightly more than his share of the rent. He would have preferred not to have a roommate at all, he told Heather when he moved in a few months ago, but he needed to save money on rent to support his family, who were all out of work, just like Heather. All screwed by the pandemic, just like her. 
Suddenly, the unfairness of it all overwhelmed Heather. She'd lost her job. She couldn't see her family or friends, not that she had many friends in the first place. Tomorrow was New Year's Eve, and not only would she not be partying, not be kissed, she would be completely alone. Rage bubbled up in her chest until she shouted aloud, You fucked me, 2020! She slammed her fist against the wet tile. You've completely screwed me! What do you have to say for yourself, huh? You're a coward, 2020! If you're going to fuck me, come here and show your face before you do it! Heather stopped shouting to catch her breath. That's when she heard a noise in the apartment. She turned off the water. It sounded like footsteps. Someone was there. Sean, she called out, is that you? There was no reply, only another creak of the floorboard. Heather wrapped a towel around herself and slowly opened the door. She peered down the hallway towards the front of the apartment, but couldn't see anything. She debated whether to walk towards the front door. Maybe she could grab a knife from the kitchen for defense, but decided the better move was to get her cell phone from where it was charging in her bedroom. Listening all the while, she tiptoed across the hall and opened her bedroom door. Someone was sitting on her bed. No, not someone. Something. The thing on her bed uh, looked a lot like a man. It was shaped like a man, muscular, and she could tell he would be quite tall when it stood up. But its skin was nothing like a man's. It was deep, bluish-black all over, but across the surface there was light. Like lightning, broken rays of white moved and changed and reformed, circling the creature's flesh. It created an eerie, otherworldly effect. Heather cleared her throat. What are you doing here? I hear you want to be fucked. Its voice sounded like a man, too, dark and deep. Despite herself, Heather was aroused. I, I don't know what you mean. You summoned me. God, that voice was sexy. I didn't summon anyone, Heather said, but she knew the words fell flat. Her desire alone could have conjured this beast. She didn't know who it was, what it was, but she wanted it. You did, it said just now in the shower. You told me to come here. I'm the year 2020. You're what? I'm the year 2020 made flesh, embodied. When you talk about this year and everything it entails, you're talking about me. Heather couldn't think of anything to say. Oh... She let it sink in. This creature was 2020? This, lounging on her bed, was the year that ruined everything. This was the year that was so dangerous, so destructive. This was what stood between her and Sean. You, she cried out. You, how dare you have the nerve to come here, to show up in my room like this. You just, ah! Heather's hands were balled up into fists at her sides. Almost without her willing them to, they leapt up to pummel the beast's chest. Easy, it breathed, and in one motion captured both her wrists and one of its hands. Urgh! Heather struggled against its grip, but it was too strong. You didn't summon me here to fight me. Its face was only a few inches away from Heather's. She gazed up at its dark features, watched the strange roving light play across its eyes before wrapping around the back, um, to the back of his head and down its neck. Its breath warmed her face. The beast fixed its bottomless black eyes on Heather's and something melted inside her. She was suddenly very aware that she was wearing nothing but a towel. You summoned me here to fuck you. It yanked uh, her wrists, pulling her forward, pushing its leg up between her thighs. She could feel her wetness pressed upon the thing's rough skin. It emanated power against her. Her sex pulsated with want. Are you going to let me? Heather hesitated for only a moment. Yes. There you go. And some of my favorite parts of this sex scene um, are this. When they, when they refer to 2020 as a person, it's very funny. So 2020 slid its hand up her thigh. <laughs> and then it says, um, all at once, 2020 removed its fingers from inside her. And I just think that was so funny. <laughs> as it is. It's absolutely. Yeah. 
It was hilarious. Um, anyway, that was taken by 2020. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we were really taken by 2020, and <laughs> I'm glad that we were able to um, carve out a little bit of joy in this trash fire of a year. So thank you for the season two journey, Renee. Oh my gosh. It's been my absolute pleasure to read pleasure with you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Again, February 2021, we are starting season three. So, you know, we're taking a month off, but we will be back. So continue to subscribe and review and follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. We'll keep um, keep the lulls a coming. And again, if you have suggestions mm -hmm. for either authors or themes um, that you would like us to cover in the new year, we're going to spend January getting our schedule set up. So please, please, please slide into them dms with your thoughts and feelings because we will incorporate them yeah and we love to hear from you truly sometimes people um send videos to me like just funny videos on our instagram and i'm i live for it so don't ever be shy feel free to reach out and yeah suggestions would be great because otherwise i'm just going to keep reading monster erotica <laughs> And I'm just going to keep reading queer historical fiction. So, I mean, yeah. you need to help us. Um, yeah. So themes or authors, like I said, if there's specific authors that, or if you are an author yes. and, you, and you want us to read your stuff um, and you're cool with the vibe of the show, slide into them DMs. Yeah. Yeah, please do. And, um, you know, variety is the spice of life and we want to keep 2021 as spicy as possible. Hell Yeah. It was really nice well, chatting with you, Renee. Julie, this year has been my absolute delight. Do True. you want to sing us out? One last time for 2020 season two. Ravage love. Ravage love. Oh, beautiful. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm.